Good evening, dear listener. Welcome to Volume 5, Episode 11 of Weekend at Crombies. And tonight's film will be Soylent Green. Yes, it's volume five, episode 11 of Weekend at Crombies, and um, this is the Soylent Green episode. My name is Dr. James Evans, Esquire. There was a world once, you punk. And I am Hugh, like you've ever seen a grapefruit. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, here we are again. Um, it's... November, if you are listening to this in November. If you're not, it could be at any point of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's I could never quite get a handle on non I suppose I suppose you know recordings have been around for years, haven't they? I don't know why it's yeah. such a big deal. <laughs> yeah, voice, that's fair yeah. And also people know as well when they listen to it that it's not live. It's not like they're just you've got Im- images of people listening to this and talking to us. And then why aren't they responding to me? <laughs> that isn't what's happening. Um but what is happening? James has departed early this episode. <laughs> what is happening is a discussion about Hugh's choice of film Indeed. for this uh, podcast, Soylent Green, the Charlton Heston vehicle, Soylent Green. Um, I'd say with the Charlton Heston vehicle. This, uh, the only vehicle involved involves scooping people up at the top. Of it, <laughs> oh, that's it, true. Anyway, but it's, it's certainly it's a, uh, uh, Char- another dystopian Charlton Heston sci-fi. Yeah, alongside yeah. Planet of the Apes, I guess, really. Yeah, so we can and, come on to that too. But day, yeah, so it's, it's and a, a second dystopian sci-fi this year after the Andromeda Strain. That's true. I suppose that was dystopian. It was kind of it was sci-fi. Well, it was dystopian. Sci-fi. Is it? dystopian. It's pretty dystopian. Everyone dies. Spoiler alert. They? No, they, they didn't in the end, did they? Everyone lives. Oh yeah. <laughs> it accidentally <laughs> turns out okay. Spoiler alert. Oh yeah. Through no through no agency of anyone involved. Yeah, it's a, that's it's right, a, yeah. Anyway, it this just isn't that works episode. itself out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. After two hours and 20 minutes, the last minute is it just works itself out. Spoiler alert. I'd quite, I'd quite like that. Not for the obvious reasons. I'd quite like that for our planet, you know. If the human race, you know, we're yeah. teetering. If, like, next year it's like, we don't know how it happened, but yeah, somehow right. it just yeah. sorted itself out. We're okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't know yeah, why, exactly. but we are. This we, few. <laughs> yeah, we can all start eating animals again and not people. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I should add as well, if anyone does want to watch Soylent Green and they don't know what the um, the twist is, I've already given it away. But if you didn't hear that, watch the film you first. Go, you, you go, well, you, this thing is, <laughs> Weekend at Crombies is, is known for not holding back <laughs> spoilers and for its exhaustive detailing of films. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we've, been, p- we've been recording for 15 minutes now. We haven't even got to the first scene. <laughs> okay. Let's get on. Okay. The year is 2022. <laughs> <sighs> Crikey. <laughs> Yeah, I thought there'd be flying cars by this time. <laughs> well, there aren't there and there aren't here, so we're sorted. Yeah. Um, and in fact, be, um, when we're, we, we try not to, we, we end up doing it, but we try not to go into too much into titles, into too much detail. But yeah. it's quite cool because it, it starts off as kind of old timey, you know, yeah. people, people yeah, are farming the, farming the it's land. It's a and... montage of, of photographic stills, isn't it? Yeah. yeah well, so it all photographs in... are stills, aren't they? But this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a series of them layer upon layer and creating a kind of story of, of the, the yeah. transforming times. And it's like, you know, it's, 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 um, it's the farmland <laughs> of America and, la, 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 and then it gets riotous and then 
it gets overpopulation and then it clearly tells a story that uh, by this point which i guess is 50 years in the future of the movie um yeah. the overpopulation has basically oh, global global warming they mentioned the greenhouse effect i didn't know that but they knew it in 73 why didn't they do something then? <laughs> yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. You mean we've known about this for 50 years? What? Oh, <laughs> the hell have we been doing? Yeah. Also, uh, I'd like to point out, well, we'll come we'll come to it <clears throat> later, but Charlton Heston in this film looks about 50. Yeah. So I, I, I'm coming yet. Yeah, yeah. The difference between how old Charlton Heston is and how old the character Robert yeah. is, because I, yeah. I had some issues with that too. Um, no, so um, so uh, in 50 years of overpopulation and pollution and the greenhouse effect, um, the human race has taken a, a bit of a tumble, although it hasn't got any smaller. In fact, uh, people have there've been more and more and more people. And basically, um, the, the population centers are overcrowded, like megacities. Um, but I would, been, say, I would say that the population hasn't taken a tumble. Humanity has thrived. That's why there are so well, many of us. Somehow, yes. <laughs> uh, but there's, 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 they're everywhere. So we go to New yeah. York City and there are literally, there are literally people everywhere. Every, 80 million. 80 million, 80 million people in New York and not not in great big tall buildings they're literally sleeping on the stairways of, mm. of apartments so again the uh our, we'll come to our character but when he leaves his house he has to kind of hippity hop over mm. hundreds of people it doesn't seem over. to lock the door though no no which um, is I mean they're, they're very well behaved populace of the lumpen proletariat aren't they indeed yeah there's um we'll come to that so um basically the situation is uh the, the planet is... <laughs> you're just trying to get through this aren't you Actually, yeah we'll come to that in a minute <laughs> <laughs> let me get to scene one <laughs> the planet is overpopulated the city is overpopulated and they and food is clearly very very scarce even you know a, a, a halfway decent tomato and a bit of lettuce apparently costs a fortune a jam um, jar costs 300 d's D's, D's is dollars because it's just the future. So you gotta have cool, yeah. cool words <laughs> <Yes>. for money. <laughs> yeah. Do, do we do we call money peas now? <laughs> Sack of peas is three hundred peas. That's almost a pea a pea. Yeah. yeah, I want yeah a monkey, a monkey of peas. What? <laughs> Either way, so um the big problem. So the, the food is is basically you know the, the, we see a commercial advertising. This food is kind of rationed out. There's soylent red or soylent yellow, or if you're very lucky, a bit Ooh. of soylent green. Yum yum, made from uh, plankton. But, but, yes, they, they're, they're harvesting the oceans for plankton and mushing it together into this soy-based cracker. It looks like mm. um, of different colours that it gives you all the protein a growing boy needs. Um, Given that it's constantly boiling hot in New York as well, it looks. Ve- it's. I mean, you don't want a cracker, do you? It's a bit dry, yeah. yeah. Water, water is also rationed. You have to kind of yeah. go out to, to the uh, your standpipe and get your water. Every everything is short, like electricity. Because mm. there's at one point, um, I'm thinking, why don't we use computers? It's because they have to pedal a bike to get a light bulb on. That's mm. why. Because we'll, we'll come to one of the characters. He's basically a human computer. Because um, he's. Yeah. Uh, that's that's another reason why they didn't have computers. It's because it was a 1973 version of what 2022 might look like, and they didn't have computers in two in 1973. So they don't have computers in The character is playing. Is the character is playing yeah. the latest game which is yeah. the most basic version of space invaders yeah. it's like blip 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 look at this wow. wow and it's also of course in a cabinet it's not like you can just put it on your smartphone no. it's, just it's, like... not just, it's not just in your brain no um there but we'll come to that anyway so i mean they've got a couple of things right you know the other the planet's gone to hell and there's the, the no population but um yeah the computer's not so much but uh so our character um is Robert Thorne, played by Charlton Heston. Uh, so he's a, he's a cop um, and uh, a fairly cynical one, we can imagine. He's like, he's, he's 
not terribly moved by much. He's kind of um, he's mentioning on his, his stale margarine on a cracker. Um, but his his flatmate um, Sol. colleague Sol Roth is a, yeah. is a much older man. Um, and he's his um, he's kind Played of called... Edward G. Robinson. What's Edward G. Robinson done? Uh, well, he was in um, Scarface, the first oh. Scarface. Um, oh. oh yeah, we're we're talking Hollywood royalty of oh. the 30s and 40s. Um, goodness me, yeah. So um, Edward G. Robinson was also parodied quite a lot in the um, Warner Brothers cartoons uh, of Bugs Bunny in the 40s as well. Um, he used to smoke a big cigar. Oh, because that, that's why Bugs Bunny has a carrot. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and that's, that's why Edward pe- G. Robinson. Oh, okay. Oh, he's Little Caesar as well. Exactly. Yeah, because I learned that people, the rabbits don't particularly like carrots, but they people think they what? do because <laughs> rabbits are not particularly fond of carrots. And they like lettuce what? or grass or whatever, but people think they do because Bugs Bunny had a carrot, and Bugs Bunny had a carrot because Edward G. Robinson had a cigar. You're joking. Yeah, that's what, that's what people think rabbits <laughs> like carrots. Don't this give a carrot to a rabbit. This is new information. There, your world is rocked. Do not yeah, get a, it is. Yeah, they don't it, like carrots. Well, they, they'll eat a carrot, but it's not their favourite food. They don't right. consume it with the, with the alacrity that Bugs Bunny does. Well, Edward G. Robinson was also in the Ten Commandments with said Charlton Heston. Oh, so what was he in the Ten Commandments then? He, he doesn't look very Egyptian, mind you. Dathan? I don't know. Dathan? <laughs> Dathan? I don't know how you pronounce it. He was in Key Largo. He's been in loads of films. Absolutely. Okay, Double world. Indemnity. Oh. An absolute, you know, classic gangster um, kind of character as well um, from the 30s <laughs> and Egyptian <laughs> biblical <laughs> stories. <laughs> but in this again, he's a... He's a um... He's a kindly old man who is the uh, what they call the police book, who's basically the, the guy who's in charge of going through the records. They kind of seem to be partnered up with, with yeah. detectives. He's Google, isn't he? He's his, he's, his, he's Google because I said, why don't they have computers? Because there's yeah. no electricity. So he is he has to go there and find stuff out. Yeah. Um, so that's their job. And um, and that's pretty much it. He's you know, they have the, um, the and they, 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 together, they, they live together and they're kind of except they're on the edge like it's like yeah you know, they're down to their last bit of margarine don't forget to refill the water i'll pedal yeah. the bike for this hour they're clearly better than the people who, who just yeah, litter. they're not desperate but they, they, they lit, they're, they're yeah. better than people who litter the the, the balcony outside because literally when thorn goes to work he has to basically hoist them from the balcony and tippy toe around all these people on the on the thing like they, they don't move so it's it's quite horrible but yeah um but yes yeah, so it's not good not good not great um and but the the instigating incident, um, which we we do actually see, is a, a one of the destitute is given a a, a, a like a pipe wrench um, to break into a, a very palatial um, building. What was it called? West Chelsea or something like that, or Chelsea Heights? I can't remember. Probably Chelsea Heights is very nice. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but but yeah, so the uh, he he breaks into uh, to this place, uh, which is the home of is it William R R Simpson? Simonson. Um, Simonson, sorry, William R. Simonson, who's a, again an, an old man who uh, has a, a very young um, lady living with him. We'll come to her role in a minute, but uh, she's very good at playing these enormous computer games. <laughs> she uh, she blasted three alien spaceships um, and his bodyguard. Now, the, the young lady and the bodyguard leave to do some shopping, which for them is like a feast. It's basically a, a slice of beef, a lettuce and a tomato. Um, but that's great, apparently. But while while they're out, uh, Simonson is all alone, and this assassin comes in, uh, and is 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 basically a little bit confused. But it's like, hello, <laughs> and Simonson's yeah. like, so you're here to kill me, me, are you? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here to kill you. Is that okay? <laughs> and he goes, it's yeah, not okay. Yeah. It's necessary. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> so Simpson is fantastically resigned to his fate. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, his, his fate involving getting bludgeoned to death with this pipe wrench. But um, you would be, you would be if you'd done what he'd done. Well, that's true. Possibly. Um, I don't think so. I don't think. No. Uh, I mean, if knowing how everyone else lives, I'd be like, I, I can, I can live with that moral dilemma. <laughs> 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 you know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Simpson is bludgeoned to death, and this, of course, brings in the detective. Um, so this is where Thorne has to come in, because um, he normally, I think, deals with with low key crime like the this. Um, although, again, how you can keep track of crime in eighteen million? No idea. Point, yeah. When everyone is scattered around the place, but finally, you know, the rich people can get investigated. So he's he's nosing around this place, and um, like he talks to the concierge, and he's a bit sus. Like the, the alarm systems went down because even the even the fantastically wealthy buildings are in trouble because again they the the parts to keep the security systems you know have to be custom made now because the factories don't exist so even the very wealthy are not completely in, immune to to the degradation of society although they live in very nice places as we'll discover because as soon as thorn goes in the building um we'll come to the people he talks to so the first he speaks first to um to shell played yeah. by lee telly young and it's very interesting because he just goes furniture and she goes yes and she goes uh, his or the buildings and I thought why is he asking about furniture that's what like, I thought so I didn't quite yeah. it didn't twig with me no furniture is is in the future slang is basically like a, a living what the wife basically the yeah. buildings come with young ladies who have to entertain yeah. and uh, clean and shop and yeah exactly yeah. that kind of stuff but they're and, not they're not like housemaids no, there's like a step up from a prostitute and a step down from a wife. They basically just pass a step down from a wife and a step up from a prostitute. Is that the is that the ladder? Prostitute, <laughs> furniture, wife. I'm not saying it's a career progression. <laughs> basic, basically, I, I suppose. I'm going to say that to Emma next time. I'm like, Emma, you know what? You're one step away from being the furniture and two steps from being a hussy. <laughs> I'd save it for the anniversary. Yeah, I might do. <laughs> I mean, I suppose that basically slave is the best way of putting it. She is the property of the building. Um, but they, I, it comes with perks, doesn't it? I guess they don't have any freedom, but they do get to live in these nice apartments and, oh, you know, a, have showers. A, ca- and... a cage with golden bars, James. Is <laughs> yeah, I suppose it although, is. Although she, she is remarkably chill about the whole thing. But basically her biggest worry is, will the next owner like me? Yeah, well, it uh, would be, yeah. Because she's very, she just likes her position, so she's there, and also, um, what's the bodyguard? Is there? What's the name? What's the name of the bodyguard? Oh, the bodyguard is yeah. He's called H- Hatcher. No, yeah, no, 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 no. That's the um, oh, what is he called? Hatcher's Hatcher's the um, the, the chief police, isn't oh, he? Oh yeah. Um, I can't fielding. remember. I can't remember. What's it's fielding. It's fielding. Fielding. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Played by Chuck <laughs> Connors. <laughs> that's almost as good as Charlton Heston, if you think about it. As a name, Chuck Connors. Yeah, Chuck Connors sounds great, doesn't it? But Charlton Heston sounds better. That's why Charlton, Charlton Heston, Charlton Heston the lead. sounds like the kind of person who'd play Moses and Spartacus. Chuck Connors is definitely a ranch hand. <laughs> yeah, definitely. As yeah. as he indeed he is. So he's he's the bodyguard. Um, Shirley is the furniture. Mm. Um, and I mean. It's one of my favourite scenes because Thorne comes into the apartment and, you know, to do the investigations He's and he basically goes goblin mode. He is just, <laughs> he ransacks the place for all he can get. Yeah, yeah. Like he's asking, is there bourbon here? Well, I'll have that. And like, he's like, soap, soap. And because he's overjoyed, yeah. he's never tasted, you know, bourbon is clearly a rarity. Soap, he's, he's almost weeping. Um, the clean running water. He loves all this, this you know, the fact it's he's almost got access. The water to... is more of a thing for him than the bourbon isn't it yeah yeah the way I mean, he looks at it yeah. the way he runs he just yeah. runs it from the tap and then yeah. and then yeah, he's, he's a, like he's emptying yeah. a pillowcase so he can throw more stuff in like yeah. as he as he leaves yeah. investigations he grabs the bag of food so it's it's 
it's one hand quite hilarious the fact he, you know, the police officer is just taking the best advantage of the fact that he has author- temporary authority in this very palatial place yeah. that he can utterly abuse to, to fill some basic needs but also it's quite well played the fact that you know a bar of soap can almost bring him to tears because then yeah. you get how just even you know a, a police someone with a job and you know an apartment it's how awful it is the fact that he just yeah. cannot believe well, and, also, kind of to, and to be clear he he's n- he's never experienced he's never had soap he's never he's never the impression we get is that this is the first time or well, possibly very in his youngest life it, 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 yeah. when they yeah because actually an early conversation when they're both him and sol are eating their stale margarine crackers mm. sol is saying there used to be real food you're too young yeah. to remember so yeah. it's, if he does remember it's a long time ago he's not well, he's, you know, he's, yeah, he's exactly. used to life like this yeah and they you know when he when he tries the apple or the beef it's literally like what yeah yeah <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, so he again briefly in, in, um, interrogates Fielding. Uh, he interrogates Sherl. Kind of like he one of the first things he does is check it for bruises because apparently now that could happen with furniture. Um, yeah, you got to look after your yeah. furniture. Uh, bit of French polish. Um, <laughs> well, but, she, he gets a bit of French polish a bit later oh, on, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, because a bit more than Goblin out there, um, yeah. in terms of overstepping his bounds. But uh, uh, so, but yes, he pretty much quickly includes it was an assassination job because like oh, oh the the alarm systems just happened to fail yeah. um the assassin oh, there was meant to be like oh, a crazed killer came in the yeah. crazed killer came in and didn't take a thing not a bite yeah. of food once Fiel- fielding and shirl happened to be out at the point at which the assassin um was there if that yeah. makes sense yeah and the assassin yeah was made to look like a, a crazed killer but actually it was clearly a put up job so he's he's arrived at all these conclusions and then you know um i was the important thing in addition to all this food and bourbon and soap he's nicked he takes two enormous books which are mm. silent oceanographic survey reports this mm. can this becomes important because he, he gives them to Sol to, to start nosing around in it um and as he kind of begins this investigation he's aware that he's being shadowed or followed mm. and that's that's one part of it um and uh where does he go from that the um he i think his next well, yeah, he he gives all this to his police chief um yeah police chief played by uh, brock, brock peters, peters yeah who, who's fe- he's, he, he almost feel like he's he's one of those put upon police chiefs isn't he i was gonna say i recognized him from being um he was in star trek as, as yeah. kirk's admiral and it's like yeah he, he clearly does a good line in saying you're a loose cannon damn it <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah he, he basically um i think he takes all the reports and says you know Get, get this sorted quickly as police chiefs often do yeah. um and so thorne kind of hands all the stuff over to Sol. they then they then have this feast the fate feast it's, it's a lettuce a tomato a cup of apples and a side of beef um but Sol almost breaks down in tears but he does break down in tears when he sees mm. isn't he and then yeah, he, he, does, yeah. he breaks down even more saying what have we become but they they do cook it up and um and they 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 eat this this serious <laughs> decent food it's quite and, a long scene as well of them just going mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, in fact, it's all improvised. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't scripted and it wasn't intended to be in the film. But the director said to them both, just go with this. Apparently, they, they filmed something like 45 to 50 minutes of them eating, oh just God. going, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. That's, a lot of, yeah. that's a lot of food. Because I remember Edward Jobs at one point, his teeth, he's clearly got false teeth. He can't bite the apple. Yeah, he can't bite the apple, no. He was 80 when he made this film. Yeah. Whereas Charlton Heston just eats the thing down to his stalk. It's yeah, like, oh. yeah, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, so as they enjoy their advice, he then sets um, uh, Sol onto investigating the issue report. And then he goes back to. Interrogate, interrogate to further interrogate um 
shell and he finds she's got a party of all the furniture in the building having a kind of a a, a kind of union meeting they just enjoy themselves there <laughs> uh, and he takes her into the bedroom for investigation they just strip off without a second glance he just goes bed and she just takes all her clothes and he so to see and they have sex it's like okay she's, uh, yeah. that was quick i mean it, and it seems that you know, she hasn't taken a shine to him really because he hasn't done anything yet to take a shine to right. she's doing it basically because she's furniture and if he can take the bourbon and he can steal the soap, then he can also have sex with her. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so it was, and also he also interrogates for a bit of interrogates, asks questions about who did who did um, uh, Simonson talk to that, and she's very much, I don't know anything. We talked to some people. Are they important? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it works I, though, doesn't it? I mean, it, it, that seduction technique works for him because she does kind of <laughs> fall for him. It just makes me think: was it as easy as that? <laughs> is all I needed to do was point to someone and go bed. <laughs> Well, here's the funny thing again because immediately after that they um as he's pulling on his shirt he comes out and the concierge has found all the yeah. other girls and he starts beating them up saying you know you, you get back to your rooms what do you think yeah. you're doing and he then basically lays a huge intimidation on the concierge saying you know don't you hit him we're gonna everything's square okay and he basically stands up for them and i thought if that had come before you'd understand why Shell might take a shine yeah, to him because he's, yeah. he's he's but he's no bear is he no he's, he's just basically gone to bed with her well, that's the thing. If it happened before, it could have been the case of, oh, I can see he's got principles. But yeah, he's, yeah. he's just taking it like she was a bottle of bourbon. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's no yeah. better than him. But Shill, again, Shill has, um, well, he's not hitting her, at least. The, the concierge was a, a nice little rat who was punching her. How this romantic. Like... <laughs> he's not hitting her. <laughs> not hitting her. Like... <laughs> well, he says nice things like, I wouldn't kill myself if I had someone like you. <laughs> he goes, bourbon, this apartment, you, that sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that's <laughs> Um, but yes, but we do find out that, um, that Simpson again, he's gone a bit quiet recently and he'd gone to talk to a priest. So, um, so Thorne's next investigation is to this priest who, um, actually there's a really poignant scene. Again, I, I sometimes felt the, uh, the stepping over bodies was a bit overplayed because there's one, then Thorne is staking out, um, people who he thinks are pursuing him because he thinks that Fielding, the bodyguard is in on this. He thinks it's, um, it can't be Shirl and because, yeah, Shirl is so... Sort of airheadedly innocent. I assume yeah. she's clearly playing him, um, but it turns out no. I assumed as well. Like, she's like, I don't, I don't know anything. Oh no, yeah. is it, are these important? I don't read these kind of books. Oh no, no, yeah, you no, can't. No. Yeah, and you're thinking, oh, she's got a scamp going there. Yeah, she's, a that's why she's in it with the bodyguard. Yeah, and spoiler alert, she's not. She's no, she's, she's she, just that's actually her. <laughs> she's just <laughs> as supine as, as it, she appears to be. Yeah, uh, totally. but the bodyguard isn't. The bodyguard is 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 a wrong one, and he's and again, we I think uh, we find out when he raids. Um, he raids the bodyguard's house and finds a bodyguard has a furniture as well, mm. um, who's been eating jam. And, uh, <laughs> Strawberry jam, no less. Well, she she tries to get rid of the jam, but she, she's left the spoon. Um, yeah. It's she, important, obviously, because the jam is extremely expensive, and a bodyguard couldn't, couldn't be affording that. I did think it's strange that. that, you know, how come... Surely a bodyguard could also be furniture, like in, in not not in the sex sense, but like <laughs> in terms of possessions of which man. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And it's yeah. like, but no, the bodyguard gets to have a salary in an apartment and go yeah. home. Whereas well, only Shirl is is the furniture. So that we'll, yeah, we'll come to the politics of the, of the film, but like that. Yeah. But, but interesting, like, the, the 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 bodyguard's furniture. I really hate that phrase, but the bodyguard's furniture is the same actress that was in an, the Andromeda Strain. She was she? the yeah. She was the. Um, she was the, the nurse, nurse oh. in the actual um, kind of area where the, the victims were. Ah, see, it's very hard to tell because in the Andromeda story, everyone's wearing huge environmental suits. <laughs> yeah. And in yeah. this, most of the girls... She's wearing almost nothing. Yeah, as, as, as is Shirl. They, they basically wear yeah. as little as they can possibly get away with. Yeah, um, yeah. 
but but yeah so she uh, so she's there and again um clearly suspicious because like she takes a long time to answer the door because she's getting rid of the jar of jam she's been enjoying but she leaves a spoon which again he manages which again thorn just takes <laughs> and yeah. and, uh, and they work out that you know no way could he afford jam as well um, <laughs> so then he goes and talks to the uh to the, uh, the the priest to find out what's happening the priest um well, he's, he before, i was gonna say but before that happened because that, um thorn is staking out things you know trying to keep an eye on simmons and this kind of stuff and i get the fact that in Thorne's building, the, the balcony is full of people and the stairs are full of people mm. in a step over them. But he's doing a stakeout and he also has to step a step over people as well. Yeah. So it's literally like everywhere where there's a stairwell, yeah. there are just yeah. people. It's like, yeah. really? They're, they're not really anywhere else, though. No, no they're really just yeah. on the stairwells. We just follow him around. It's like, <laughs> yes, they, they do. They don't need to be on stairwells. It's always boiling hot. They could just sleep outside. Yeah. So, so he, he steepy steps over more people. But so that, that, seemed a bit comical to me but one point that was very poignant before he goes to the church there's basically a dead woman who's got a bit mm. of twine around oh, her yeah, yeah, and yeah. attached to the twine on the other end is just a crying little girl and it's like oh she she did that to keep her girl safe but she's clearly life has given up on her and he just casually un- unties the twine picks up the crying child and dumps on the first nun he can yeah. find i thought that that bit of it's kind of like practicality it's a subtle thing isn't it yeah and it's yeah it, it, it's it's filmed in an it's not filmed in a sentimental way either is it it's filmed as yeah. a quite matter of fact that's what he's yeah. done he's picked up the, the the girl put her in the shelter yeah and then gone about his business that was a very nice touch on how low mm. we've sunk mm. um mm. but so he, he talks to the priest the priest is absolutely gone um he's he's he's, he's visibly exhausted and and he's been told something as well though hasn't he that's well that's the thing. the thing apart from having to have you know run this entire you know because he's, he's running the entire um kind of um shelter for all these people who come in so clearly yeah. that's going to take its toll and he's been told something um oh, yeah. and he and he can't and basically he, he mumbles something but thorn says he'll come back in the morning when he's rested yeah uh, but he doesn't get the chance because fielding goes into the confessional and and shoots the priest with a silenced pistol yeah. which you'd think would be the perfect crime but i'm thinking the next person to go in because <laughs> yeah. there's a queue is going to work out the priest isn't talking to them. In what world here is that the perfect crime? Even close to the perfect crime, it's like yeah. a rubbish crime. Well, it's 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 done in privacy to start with. But if you if you go into a box and then you come out of a box, yeah. And the well, person... To make it the perfect crime, you need to have spent six months previously digging a tunnel from the oh. confessional box into the street. Then it's, it would have been the perfect crime. It's the same in you could incriminate yourself here. If that, if, if that priest <laughs> yeah. to have happened. <laughs> There's a spate of priest murders with in Ashby. <laughs> with tunnels leading from the confessionals. But yeah, so um, so there, there goes the lead. The, uh, the the priest has gone there. Um, and and now uh, pressure is coming on because one of the uh, the people that uh, Shill didn't recognise but but um, was had talked to Simonson is, I think, the guy's the governor of New York. He's a, he's a high-up politician. Santini. Santini. Everyone is dressed like a South American dictator too. They're, they're, they're <laughs> no one's in a three-piece suit. Well, it's they're, hot. It's hot. Yeah, they're, they're all in. They're all in like um, safari wear. Seersucker. They're all seersucker cloth, aren't they? Yeah. Like an overseer. They all look like plantation owners. Yeah, with with massive with massive um, <laughs> aviator glasses. Yeah, yeah, and it's like all, all you know, big hats as well. Yeah, and so Thorne is basically told um, to you know. Oh, by the way, you know. Um, Simonson died through misadventure. He fell over something and smashed his head in. Sign off on the report, if you please. Uh, and Thorne refuses to do this. And his rationale is interesting because he he doesn't do it because it's the wrong thing to do. Because um, even his police captain says, "Look, since you picked up this case, 139 people have been murdered in New York. Yeah, Let's yeah. just sign it and clear it up." Yeah. And his rationale is not, "I'm a dedicated cop." It's basically. Look, I know, I know pressure has come on you from above to to solve to close this case, mm. but if pressure comes back on you about who closed this case illegally, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it, and you're not going to protect me. So it's, and I don't think he's making that up. I think he genuinely 
wants to keep his his job and and is aware that if he compromises it too much he might lose it mm. um so it's a reason he makes me a very strange hero he's not really trying to um avenge simonson he's just um doing it because you know he's he's trying to protect what little um security he has in this world i suppose in some respects he's he's a career policeman isn't he that's what he is yeah and and that's it's yeah he he doesn't have anything else. There's one point where he says there's 20 other people rooting, get, you know, waiting for my job. Um, so he needs he needs to keep it. Yeah. Um, but by yeah, but by uh, refusing now, he's put himself in the firing line because he's mm. put under riot control. Um, yeah. Which and... is one of the most hilarious scenes <laughs> in the film, I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I find that nothing was some dystopian there, but um, <laughs> but uh, so there's there's uh, he's put on riot control because it's Silent Green Day. Um, so you know, hundreds of people are queuing up to get their ration of Soylent Green. And we see kind of the street market, which is quite fun because you like to see people selling yeah. bags of Soylent Crumbs and this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, plastic, got plastic, some of it chipped. Some <laughs> of it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a world again. There's nothing yeah. is new or nice. Um, yeah. But, but you know, someone runs out saying, they've run out of Soylent Green. And everyone's like, everyone loses. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I queued up all day and I don't get any Soylent Green. So the uh, the police try to disperse them saying what well, they the scoops have been called and oh and so what are the scoops the scoops are um, garbage trucks uh, with scoops they, with scoops they, they will shovel people up and they will fling them in the back yeah <laughs> which i think is a better way than the water truck to, to, to clear claret craft it get, does I, make it, it did make me think though that they've in the 50 years since because you know the, the water Water dispersal was used heavily in like civil rights era yeah. America, right? So, from between the sixties and early seventies and two thousand and twenty-two, they dispersed, ironically, or no, sorry, they dispensed with quite an effective dispersal mechanism, and, and went with a scooping truck, which is surely more expensive and more cumbersome. Well, no, it's not because water is also a shortage, isn't it? Oh, of course it you is. Can't God, shoot God's sake, you. you're they right. They love it. They love it. Yeah. It's like, shoot me with a water cannon. <laughs> of course they would. Shoot me with a soil oh, cannon. Oh, you know what? I didn't think of that at the time, but yeah, you're absolutely but... right. It's I more think... accurate than I thought. I think the scoops are quite good. I remember the scoops actually were derided at the time um, when, by some reviewers. But I don't know. I like the, the idea that people are both dispensable and property is, is kind yeah, of is, is yeah, a, is a vein yeah. to this film. And the idea that if, if someone's causing trouble, you just scoop them up the firm in the back. And I don't you know what, you know what happens to people after. Do they, <laughs> we don't actually do it. Do they go to the people garbage um, yeah. centre? If, if, if you're rioting and you've been scooped in the back of a truck, why don't you just hop off the truck and keep rioting? It's like, <laughs> yeah. and look, we don't because we don't know what's in the back of it. It's a big bed of spikes in the back of the truck. And that's, that's could be, yeah, yeah. That's phase <laughs> like two. Like an incinerator. Phase, one is, <laughs> phase three is on the spikes. But um, yeah. but they don't want to go. It's like, you know, some people get scooped up and they're like hanging off the edge and stuff. Kind of and if you got thrown in there, you'd probably break a leg. Oh, and, and and you'd think in this world, you break a leg, you've had your chips. Um, you've had your chips. Your chips. I, ironically, you'd probably <laughs> no chips enjoy as a last yeah, meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make me think, why not, why not just attach like machine guns to the truck and then just mow everyone down? If they're going to go down that road, I mean, you know, yeah, it's bad yeah. enough anyway, isn't it? <laughs> just do it. I mean, you know, I mean, come on. It's a ooh, no, no, the scooper no, no, no or machine when, guns. Note to self when James is the dictator of the country. <laughs> when, mess I, with yeah, him. <laughs> when I take over through a military junta, I will be employing. It won't be Soylent Green Day. It will be Machine Gun Day. 
<laughs> so anyway, we, we're digressing. But anyway, the, the scoops are scooping people, and the writing continues. And and in this in this uh, confusion, the uh, the assassin that did for Simonson has mm. also been now set to kill uh, Thorne. He's been given a, a gun as well, a, a, a yes, yes. pistol. Ooh. But I mean, unfortunately. Um, Given that there's a riot going on, mm. every time he shoots at Thorn, someone else gets in the way. <laughs> um, so he's popping away and, and handy people yeah. keep popping up and taking the bullet instead, at which point Thorn knows to pursue him and he, he manages to uh, to outmaneuver him in the, in the, the crowd um, by the expense of taking his helmet off, basically. Once his, once his police helmet's gone, he can just be anyone. Actually, that's quite a nice point at the fact that everyone is wearing just washed out greys and browns. That's true, actually, there was yeah. no, even the police yeah. were fairly, yeah. they don't look like police, they look like people in boiler suits. It's just so. Oh, it's grim, isn't it? It's grim. It's so um, bland and ugh, what yeah. a life. But anyway, the the assassin, uh, before he can, you know, as, as of course he managed to overpower him, but before he can say, um, you know, who do you work for? Tell me everything. <laughs> down comes a scoop and squash turns him into non-scrawberry jam. <laughs> squashes him. Yeah. Literally squashes him. Yeah. Um, oh, dear. So then, so uh, Thorne's actually taken a slash on the leg in the, in the yeah, and he's worked out. You know, people are coming for him. So yeah, uh, mm. but he hobbles back to Shirl again. Um, mm. Falls asleep on the couch. He basically says, "Yeah, I, w- I wanted to check you're okay. I think that's not what you want to get back." For. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Although Shirl is also, she says she's, she feels quite lonely and vulnerable because I think she's um, her new owner is coming to inspect her the, the next day. But um, she basically says, "Will you stay?" He goes, "No, I get it going. I've got hot water. We can run it as long as you like." <laughs> that yeah. that wins him over. It's not the fact yeah. of <laughs> either food or air conditioning yeah. or Shirl in the bed. Yeah. It's like you can have a shower. It's like, oh, why do you love a shower? Yeah, I've got a shower. Can we put the air conditioning on? And then the next scene is them laughing uncontrollably in the shower. Hour. Yeah, <laughs> they don't seem to be doing anything. They're just laughing naked in front of each other. I know. That's not good for the ego, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It really is. Uh, the second date is woman stands in front of you without any clothes and starts laughing and uncontrollably. Like, I don't think you're getting a third one. I mean, fair enough. You second date. <laughs> well, I mean, as, as we've established, she does not put up much resistance. Oh, that's true. She doesn't, does she? Um, so anyway, so. Uh, so suitably showered and his legs strapped up, um, Thorn Thorn heads back now to uh, to to his own apartment to find out what Roth has discovered. Roth has been digging around uh, to find a few things um, that has again shaken him to the core as well now. So all he finds is a is a message saying I'm going home um, or return to the home of God. Uh, so so he goes uh, basically to uh, to the the Dignitas Clinic. <laughs> Well, that's what it is, isn't it? They call oh, yeah. it the, the suicide center. Yeah, there's, there's a whole queue as well. He has yeah. to queue up. Could you imagine? I mean, that's the if you if you were <laughs> the suicide. It's, it's very British, British, isn't it? It's depressing to queue it. Yeah. Although it's interesting what you said about a last meal. He doesn't get a last meal. Of course you don't. Um, they think we'll fatten you up a bit, but no, uh, they do get a last meal. Um, but you do get to choose your favorite color, <laughs> <laughs> and your and your classical music. And I yeah. thought any music you like, because you, you'd have a bit of fun with that shortly. <laughs> I choose, choose the Terry and June theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, no doubt, no question, no way. That's it. That be that would be the way I go out. I think you see right because then death would seem like a welcome relief. Because you would want a nice tune. Think, oh, I could listen to this for the rest of my life on loop for twenty minutes. You get you get the full twenty minutes. Yeah, but that 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 piece of music. Would sum up, I think, my life. (laughs) 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 You know, unassuming, a bit bumbling, perhaps, but you know, generally all right. 
Well, that's yeah, I'm happy with that. That's that's beautiful. That's that, that's that's more. That's almost as beautiful as a field of poppies and a couple of deer grazing, which yeah. is the which is the film that uh, Roth is treated to. Yeah. Um, to Beethoven's this... Fifth Symphony or something like that. Because you, yeah. oh, what what's your favourite movie? Classical, light classical. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't want any. I don't want any Christoph Penderecki. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to imagine that the uh, the guy at the counter is thinking, yeah, everyone says like classical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the only CDs they've got. <laughs> it's all they have. Bit of Mozart, bit of Beethoven, bit of Grieg. Like, uh, has anyone ever chosen um, Carmina Burana? No, it's there just in case. <laughs> um, so anyway, so uh, so Thorne finds this note and he dashes. He, he runs. Of course, he's got wood legs. So he kind of hops to uh, to the suicide clinic. Um, <laughs> basically, threatens everyone until they'll yeah, take him to yeah. the, the the booth where Roth is there and makes them open up the gates. And they um and they they kind of they he says his goodbye to Roth. It's quite moving. He says he loves him, and uh, and Roth mm. says he loves him too. Which again, I, I found from... this scene very moving actually. It Although, was very. His, I found it. I found the scene of Roth of um uh, Roth in on the bed watching the video and listening to the music and experiencing the bright orange colors around him quite moving because it was, it was quite sad and he was obviously you know reminiscing i didn't want thorn to interrupt I was thinking, <laughs> you, like because all he it's, it's, it's selfish isn't it he's saying just let him die he says he, <laughs> he says gets to, gets to say goodbye he doesn't have to if he doesn't have to say goodbye just let him be well, I think Thorne. Like, think... I've got twenty minutes left, and you're you've disturbed me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank no, you. I think, no, I think they, again. I think one of the reasons why um, why uh, Shell had to have such regular and enthusiastic sex with Thorne was because we we're going to have that moment when Thorne and Roth say they love each other, yeah, and the film didn't true. dare to say that there was anything else in that. <laughs> so they say that he's got to sleep with Lee Taylor Young several yeah, times. Several <laughs> times, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it is. I think it is a moving. It is, yeah. It's a moving scene. But, but also it's played we, well. Yeah, but also um, Roth tells Thorne what he's discovered, but we don't know what what it is because no. the music plays over it. But we no, see his really. lips moving, and no, it's it's because the the um he can't hear him, so he has to plug in headphones. Yeah. So yeah. he hears the headphones, but we don't. And oh my goodness, what is this? So he then um sneaks out of the building and and sees where the trail of, of dead bodies were wheeled out. Mm. They go into a waste truck, so he jumps into a waste truck and follows it all the way to a a processing factory, where he does the where there are literally there's literally no security. Yeah, well, there's no, yeah, no, no, no one is standing at any level higher than a truck to see a man blatantly clinging <laughs> onto the top of the truck. He, he has like free reign of this entire factory for about 15 minutes before anyone notices him. And it's, not like, he's, it's not like he's going around the, in, in the kind of the offices around the back. He's actually there on the conveyor belt where the dead bodies are going. You'd think there'd yeah. be security, wouldn't you? See, all he needed was a clipboard. He could have got away with anything with a clipboard. He's walking around. What are you doing? I've got a clipboard here, mate. So, yeah, just just as counting you the bodies, counting yeah. them. There's, yeah, it's 15. Yeah. So basically, we, we see these these bodies, and they go into this, this soup, and we see but what comes out of their soup. Out of the soup is Soylent Green crackers. And, oh, my goodness. Soylent Green is people. Soylent Green is where you eat. The, that terrible truth is revealed, that all these all these dead bodies are being sent to the processing fact. Um, so Thorne then kind of races back to... to give this news he tries to get in touch with his police captain to start with um that's he's engaged he calls up um shirl instead um i don't know if he tells me he loves i think she goes i want you to come and live with me and he goes no no, no i've got stuff to do <laughs> what he says was she says i want you to come and live with me and he says i can't just live Yes, yes. And then hangs up, and that's the last you yeah. see of Shirl. That, that's pretty much her goodbye. Also, previously, she's met her new owner, yeah. who uh, understandably terrifies her, because he basically says, um, like, when it's business, I'll be alone. When I have friends over, 
you'll have to entertain us. And it's like, yeah, it's like, like a girl who's fun. Are you fun, Shirley? Yeah, yes. sure, she, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think Shirley's getting away with the nice cuddles she got from Simonson there. So no, she understandably she wants to live with Thorn, but um, but that's it for the, that's what we hear from her. Like just, that's her sign off. But so then um, but then Fielding and a couple of his goons uh, spot Thorn as he's trying to get get away, and there's a, there's a chase. Um, Phil, um, Thorn picks off all of them, but Fielding, of course. Um, and then there's a he goes back to the place where the priest is. Um, and there's a shootout in which again regular people are just taking the bullets <laughs> like it's like everyone's getting shot left right center i think thorn has taken one of the chest already now so yeah, he's, he's 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 gone isn't he? but he's got but he's, but he, he's, he's got enough in him to give a give field a good run for his money it's a good old fist fight um how does he do from in the end he finds like a, there's a is there a knife on the ground or something is there yeah, it's like a isn't it like a spike that was it yeah it's a spike yeah. isn't it all yeah and it goes he, 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 yeah as, as he as he's on the ground and vulnerable, he gets to jump on field. He managed to kill him, and he seems to consider this a victory. He's like, "Yeah, hey, I got him." Yes, <laughs> but but people are still eating soil and green, and it's people. Well, the thing. So yeah, so, uh, so Hatcher. <laughs> Who's is, the winner, really? Yeah, Hatcher is lieutenant. Finds Thorn, um, and it's like you know they will pop you into on like they put him on a gurney and they take him out. And it's like, no, you've got to understand, it's people. We're eating people. Soil and green is people. Yeah, and his, his and freeze frame on his in his raised bloodied hand yeah. as he shouts this. The uh, the camera pans in, and then we're treated to the same suicide scenes that uh, Roth was given, <laughs> yeah. which is very reassuring at the end of a movie. <laughs> if if the lights had turned orange, I'd have been out of that chair and a half. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I was okay. I, had, I had no confidence that Hatch is going to spread the good word. I I assumed no, Hatch I was there to finish him off. Yeah, it's not. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's always the, yeah, it's, it's, it's way the police lieutenant is like, have you told anyone else, son? No, lieutenant, yeah. you're the only one I trust. Good. Yeah, good, good, yeah. <laughs> good, I, that was good. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> now tell me, does this cloth smell like chloroform to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thus ends Soylent Green. So, um, so having taken you through quite a lengthy diversion into the far future of 2022, <laughs> uh, we'll leave you to, to prepare a small cracker and, uh, and refill your water stenson. And as we shall join you after the break. Welcome back, dear listener. We have partaken of the wondrous. Oh, hang on. What? <laughs> That's absolutely terrible. Let me let me start that again. Welcome back, dear listener. I hope you've fried up a little bit of your arm, or at least someone who's dead's arm, anyway. Um, please, and tasted please, a bit. Please re-record that. <laughs> no, that's it's going in. Uh, as per soil and green. Although it's a cracker, I suppose, isn't it? Rather than a, just a limb. But never, never mind. It will get to that point eventually. That's the sequel, isn't it? <laughs> um, it was Hugh's choice. So Sonic Green was Hugh's choice. Um, so as as tradition befits, we're going to go through some of the themes of that. But before we do, Hugh, why did you choose Soil and Green? Um, well, yeah, interestingly, you said it was going to be your choice too. Had I not scooped you to it, so I'll, I'll ask you why would you have chosen Soil and Green after this? But for myself, yeah. um, again. Knowing, you know, I've been quite keen on kind of sci-fi and, and dystopian futures and this kind of stuff. I was a very much aware of Soylent Green as just a term. Like if you don't know, you don't even know the film, you know the term Soylent Green. Mm. It, it just it just resonates through a certain 
that that certain genre um so i was i was very much aware of it so it was it was back in my head like oh i must watch sonic green one of these days see if you know if it actually is as as good as its reputation bears out um so i'm not sure when i learned that it was set in the year 2022 but when i did i thought well i've got to check this out (laughs) you've got to do that before the year's out absolutely god we've got to watch sonic green 2022 um and again i was i was quite again i didn't look into the premise i want to see the film cold i actually knew what this what the big reveal was um which i think will come to the interesting part of that but yeah so um i wanted to just know you know the 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 story behind the the uh, the meme i guess and when i learned that charlton hester was it can't be that bad you know when i mm. i think i don't know whether it was actually um a financial hit or not. it might have been too old to, to actually have that kind of information yeah i know what you mean um it, it, was, it was quite low budget yeah um, which surprised me a bit given given who was in it it made 3.6 million dollars yeah. through rentals yeah. so they probably didn't do box office at the time and i'll tell you what I'm, i was quite taken with the poster i'd found the poster yeah. years ago and i just i, I love a good you know art it, I tell you what, it reminds me a little bit of the taking of pelham one two three yeah yeah the, that poster yeah it's a really if, really if, you, good if you can track down the poster it's just it's, it's a scoop but it's got dozens, of, dozens <laughs> yeah. of many it's more impressive than what's actually in the film yeah and again charlton heston is running in the foreground it's like it's the year 2022 people yeah. are all the same they'll do anything to get what they need and they need solid crew <laughs> i mean in some respects that gives it away almost doesn't it you, you don't it's not a massive leap to guess that Soylent Green is people. <laughs> is it? From that? No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, God. He's like, they need Soylent Green. I'm like, oh, right, okay. Maybe, because I've seen The League of Gentlemen, you know, the, the TV programme, The League Special of Gentlemen. Special stuff. Yeah, it's that. That's Soylent Green. <laughs> so maybe that's why I was thinking, oh, yeah, Soylent Green's people. Yeah. But, do, was, but, but would I knew about it, it anyway. Yeah, I did know it anyway. Yeah, would we have made yeah. this leap without? Would, funny if my my viewing companion didn't know this. Um, so it was nice oh, to watch. Oh really? It, so, yeah, it was like yeah. a. What, it was like so as as it was like the pressing. I was. Do you know what? I reckon Soylent Green's made of people. I thought really. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> but um, but yeah, again, you mentioned the special stuff and all this kind of stuff. The the uh, the League of Gentlemen joke and this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, there, would would we be leaping to these conclusions were it not for Soylent Green? Is Soylent Green the first of its kind? Of like you know you're eating people is it was that where it began because obviously cannibalism exists before in like monster movies where monsters eat people but is the fact that the yeah, government possibly, is, is yeah. feeding you some is feeding you something you know so terrible does that begin with Soylent Green is that why Soylent Green now yeah, is on it's distinctly not a horror film isn't it it's a yeah. science fiction film about that um yeah yeah maybe I mean the horror of Soylent Green is not it's not that people are going out with with axes and chopping each other up and eating them. It's no. not it's not dystopian to that level. It's the fact that people are being kept in check by given rations and the rations they, they're unaware of are, you know, are, are basically condemning them as monsters. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the dystopian. Unknowingly almost. Yeah, it's the fact that the well. government the government is yeah. just yeah, just feeding turning the people into beasts. Yes, yeah. I, I I'm trying to rack my brain. I mean the the recommendations I've got for films that aren't Soylent Green are, are newer than Soylent Green. So perhaps, perhaps it is yeah. that kind of view. And obviously, you know, it's, you know, th- these things are all metaphors and stuff like that, aren't they? For other things yeah. often. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, possibly actually. It's, yeah. That's a good call. I think um, in that context, in which case it probably, I mean, it, it, it does deserve that kind of cultural significance. It, so I, um, 
I very similar to you actually. I know that you said that you you usurped me by choosing it. I think what for me what it was it was a choice between the Andromeda Strain or Soylent Green. I was going to go for, and I went with the Andromeda Strain, not because I didn't want to watch Soylent Green, but because I, I wanted one dystopian science fiction film, <laughs> not two in a year. So I thought, well, I won't go with I can't do both of them, so I'll choose the Andromeda Strain. And the Andromeda Strain was similar. It's not quite as famous as Soylent Green in terms of its meme, I guess, yeah, yeah. but it's it. I think. The Andromeda Strain and Soylent Green have broken out of their own cultural time, if that makes sense, and have become more than they are. Yes. Does that make sense? So, yeah, as you say, Soylent Green, you don't need to know what the film is or have seen the film to to have heard the term or the word Soylent Green or the phrase or the concept. Yes. Right. Yes. And it's the same with the Andromeda Strain as well, to a certain extent. I think Soylent Green is more um known from as a kind of cultural meme i guess in that context yeah. than the andromeda strain but they're similar in that process i plumped for the andromeda strain um because again it was a film that i was intrigued by and wanted to watch um and i've seen soylent green before ah, okay. i mean a long long time ago i would i would add but i've not seen the andromeda strain very good okay so if we yeah, dive into <laughs> some of the themes of this um what do they just kick off right into the uh the uh the idea of it. Um, let's begin with let's begin with Soylent Green itself. It's it's very interesting that I wasn't as prominent as I thought. Again, I knew what the reveal was, yeah. but it's almost in the background um, yeah. in Soylent Green. Like I say, the, the very beginning, um, you get a television commercial and someone's going, the, the Soylent Corporation who bought you Soylent Red and Soylent Yellow and now yeah. delicious and nutritious Soylent Green. And I thought, oh, this is what it's going to be like. This is going to be peppered through the whole movie is that Soylent have they hooks in everything and it's everywhere. Yeah. And and I again, I would have, and Soylent Green is not again because it was one riot but it was like a food riot it wasn't a solid yeah. green riot really yeah. it was and it, um, yeah and it wasn't a massive riot either was it, it just, yeah it kind of petered out a bit but i was expecting it was like you know people like almost the, the, the fights in the gas stations when there's when there's oil shortage yeah. people yeah. someone has a, someone has a sack of solid green and someone will kill them for it and you think and, it would be constant as well wouldn't you yeah it's like you got any solid green oh i, I yeah. heard someone's got so again yeah. solid green like, over here solid green yeah yeah i got a so i was expecting solid green to be get, basically to mimic the poster yeah people and would do anything the, no. the film is about the film is a detective um it's a detective story about the murder of Simpson, but it's not even really about that it's about thorn yeah it's both yeah but thorn i guess it's again going on a journey in his eyes open to the world i mean a little it, bit yeah it's probably about thorn and roth if anything um, well it, it is yeah it is i i think so i think this is this is this is an interesting theme about the film right because the story of Soylent Green, I think, is a lot more interesting yes. than the story of Thorn. <laughs> yes, yes. And I understand why. I understand why a film that focuses on Thorn's detecti- detecting, I suppose, has to have a MacGuffin to lead it through. But when the MacGuffin is that interesting yeah sideline thorn (laughs) yes have it about corporate corporate corruption have it about ecological disaster have it about addiction have it about societal breakdown don't have it about thorns navigation through these things have it about them yeah absolutely and again i was 
I was quite disappointed that Silent Green was just another cracker. Because like, say Silent Red is a cracker and Silent Yeah is a cracker. I would yeah. want Silent Green to be a bit sinister, like, oh, it's soft and you can fry it up. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. ooh. Mm. I can fry it up. But like, Silent Green. Way too keen. But Silent Green is a dry cracker. and Yeah, like, like the others. Yeah, yeah exactly. and it's just yeah. green. And also, yeah. you don't see anyone eat Silent Green. And it gives it, I wonder whether there's a sensibility of the movie, like you can't show cannibalism even in that form. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe it would have been given an X rating. But maybe maybe it's the restrictions or a directorial choice. But I thought, if you'd seen people you know, yeah. stuffing their faces with Silent Green... Yeah, and, and this is why I agree with you. Yeah, because... And not only that, but you you want people to eat it and go, yes, this is Soylent Green. It's amazing. And yeah. what I want and what I really want to get to the nub of them is, is Soylent Green amazing because it's people? Yeah. And you know, that that and that asks questions, because in principle, the way that this world is going, there is no food. What are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. You're going to well, have to eat something. Well, this so you might thing. as well eat dead people. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> well, that's, the, that's the logical conclusion. Yeah, I mean, the best thing—they are dead. They're not—they're not being killed for soil. No, they're no. being reprocessed. So yeah, basically, reprocessed. It's, basically, it's the the plane crash of a life. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And <laughs> so, if you've got to eat it because there's nothing else to eat, better that than feasting on <laughs> the bones of the living, right? Yeah. So, so if yeah, if 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 the if the big reveal was there are actually farms of people, you know, like the Matrix, where they were absolutely just being farmed, absolutely. being eaten. Um, yeah. Because th- that's the other thing is that. Um, yeah, that the, the what is it? What is the point in <laughs> what is the point in feeding the slums? What is the government getting from it? It's like they're, they're, yeah. these people. There were looks like there's millions, and they're just hanging around, slowly withering away. They're not being put into factories to churn stuff out. No, nope. they're not being. They're not doing they're, anything, are they? Not, so, so we're, why why is the you know the the overlord interested in keeping them under control? Exactly. And it's exactly. like, yeah, where's it's, the it's, democracy? It's a, where's the Where's the agency? Where's the choice? Where's the work? And yeah, it's, where's it's, the uprising? Yeah, it's it's almost it's too dystopian. They they're just lounging they're like around. zombies, aren't they? Yeah, and it's you don't want that. You want you want them to you know have that glimmer of hope where they you know soil and green day, lovely lovely, lovely and that will keep them working in the factories another six weeks exactly. days yeah. until soil yeah. and green day, and it's 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 what's keeping them going. And then they find out it's people because to be honest, in a in a world that awful where where you're just you people would be picking up. Um, rocks and killing each other in front of the barbecues. Of course they would. I, this is cannibalism exactly would be right. It would it be would... cannibalism would be right. People would be eating each other anyway. The yeah. soil and green cracker is fairly sedate yes. in contrast, isn't it? That's the palatable version. In, in fact, I would be there going, you know what, Soylent, the company that produces Soylent Green, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> making Soylent Green palatable. Yeah, thank you for, for making cannibalism, for gentrifying pal- cannibalism for us. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So I've, I've written here... Um, I've written here that it, 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 the payoff isn't that shocking. Yeah, people yeah. don't crave it. It's not like a drug. There's there's literally no other foods. I've also put what you said about the the, the people farming. I've written here what 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 would have been more shocking and really interesting is if there were like death camps. Yeah. Where people were actually either farmed like in the Matrix or sent. Yeah. If yeah. they were political dissidents or Scooped. something like that. Sco- yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's Scooped where the scoops up. go. Yeah. Exactly, scooped yeah. up, sent to these death camps, and then processed. Yeah, it's not against dystopian their will. And maybe it's that dystopian. that's a reflection of you know, 70s New York, where they were just saying, you know, the, the brownstones would get covered in people and this kind of stuff. But it's 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 not given a it's not a it's not a good dystopia. It's not given a, it's not a plausible dystopia. No, it isn't. It's not it's not given the space to convince you. I, do, yeah. I think that it's that it's real. So yeah. the story ends up being about Thorn. Yeah. But well, anyway, the fact that the soil and greenest people would be so shocking. I mean, yeah, it, the, people yeah, are exactly. so beaten and bro- broken down 
there doesn't look like anyone would start screaming and say, oh, I'm not going to have soil and green anymore. Absolutely. So if, if it was if it was a society that was a rampant capitalism yeah. and a new product had been launched in the supermarkets called stuff, right, or something, yeah? And this that is great product, writing. I'm, I'm writing and, this down. <laughs> this that product was made of human beings that nobody knew and it became really popular yeah that's shocking and by the way that is a film called stuff <laughs> it's a film called stuff and it's uh, by roger corman and it's a very very good film yeah. and it, it, it asks questions a lot more about how far does commercialism go, how far does capitalism go, how, how far does consumption go yeah. and actually this board this borders on an ecological dystopia, doesn't it? Yeah. But again, it never quite goes, it never goes far enough. Yeah. It never goes far enough. It's about Thorne and the fact that he's never tasted beef. And, mm. you know, or the fact that he's never had soap or he's never tasted bourbon. It's like, God, there's so many more important things going on in, in this society than yeah. Thorne. We also wonder why, yeah, why are they even trying to solve any murders at all? It feels exactly. like- Exactly, it's a murder it that doesn't so matter. Yeah, it's a murder matters. that doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right control, I guess, matters. But again, it, it comes to what, what are you protecting? What, for what as purpose? Right? Yeah, who, who are you protecting the right control? <laughs> Everything seems awful. Even well, the, uh, even the, 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 you know, the nice um, luxury apartments, you know, seem pretty awful. Yeah, they do, because you say the, you know, gilded prisons, I guess, really to a, to a large extent. So with with the with the right controls, this is always the case, I guess, to a certain extent in in representations of dystopian society. The the rioters don't, they can't just riot at convenient moments, right? They'd be writing all the time and they're not in this. They're just writing occasionally or, or infrequently. But equally, what's important is that the people controlling the riots, and I don't I don't mean I don't mean the the industrialists, I don't mean you know the soylent green the soylent company owners, but I mean the riot police. Why are why are they controlling the riot? What why why is it important to them? I just don't understand why aren't where are the uprisings here? Yeah. There'd be so much more and there's so much more in the film that could be said about class, about p political divides, um, about um, our, you know, pillage of the earth. It wasn't really any of that. It's just Thorn yeah. crying because he can't. This is an amazing apple. Yeah, but also so much time. Yeah, so much of the of the you know, fairly limited screen time is devoted to the furniture. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah. we 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 see again. It's not that again. Shirl is kind of there once as a as a means to convey information about mm -hmm. Simpson, and then you know you could you could that that throwaway comment. You know, you you part of the furniture. You could think, oh God, you know, people are really just property in this world. Exactly. That's so awful. But it doesn't but then, follow that through. It doesn't present it like that, does it? No. But then it returns. And returns and returns just to kind of get kind of a love scene, sex scenes into it. But no, yeah. that doesn't advance us anywhere or learn any more about how it works or anything like that. Like I say, yeah. why aren't why aren't other professions seen as like indentured service? Yeah. Um, there's there is like a whole another character who is also furniture, <laughs> and it's like, why is why it? Why can't you know, that be the case? Why is it? Why is it women? And at, in, in you're right because it, it's almost like the 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 writers of the film or the director said, here's a good idea: women can be called furniture. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Let's put that in the film, and then that's it. Then it doesn't matter. It, yeah. It's it, then it's more important that Charlton Heston has a sex scene. You, you know, it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, whereas actually, the concept of women being furniture is interesting and says something about the sexual politics of the society. I'm keen to understand more about the structure of the society. Now, maybe that makes me boring, but as a consequence. I thought Thorne was really boring. He's not even that good at his job. It's Sol that does all the work. Yeah. He finds everything out by yes, reading but, some books. 
Yeah, Thorn, I mean, Thorn just yeah, steals from the crime scene, um, yeah, bullies and punches people about. around. Yeah, yeah. There does kind of violence to get stuff. And and yeah, but yeah, it's like, because I understand the, the the book, the novel, Make Room, Make Room, was, was, the, was the book it was based yeah. on. The the guy who wrote it said, I never read anything about all this furniture. Maybe <laughs> yeah, he threw no. it in there as a world building thing. And then the director just took it and ran with it. It's like, yeah, yeah. are you more interested in the idea of furniture than you are, than, yeah. than any of this really interesting silent stuff? So I think if it, and yeah, you're right. I think though, it, you know, if it does, you know, m- my view is focus less on, this is this is a film that needs to focus less on the characters yeah. and more on, on the system and the society. I think yeah. that would make it much more interesting. But if it does have to focus on characters, focus on the books, Yeah. focus on Sol and the cabal of books that he meets so he goes to this this like small group of other books they're called yeah. books i don't mean books but they yeah, are actual yeah. books themselves um to discuss the findings that he's made and it's almost like a little kind of group like an underground group and i actually found soul as a character quite he, he's the most engaging character in the film by far he's not in it enough yeah but he, and i'd be more interested about how he how he goes how he goes about finding it's not about the crime or the murder, but it's about the the fact that Soylent Green is people. How does he do it? And how does he do it with, with the other books? That's more interesting. I still think what's more interesting than that even is focusing on Soylent Green. Right? Yes, yes. That's even more interesting. But if it has to be a character type thing, focus on Sol. Don't focus on Thorn. Thorn's really boring. Yeah, and almost he's he's boring because he's been born into it. I mean, let's yeah, let's assume let, let's it. assume that Charlton Heston was supposed to be a younger man because Thorne feels like a guy in his late twenties or whatever. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, he must in some respects he must be because if he's fifth, if he was born, so he must be younger than fifty, right? Yeah, definitely. Because if it's six, if if this was made in seventy three and it was set in two thousand and twenty two, right? He has to be younger than fifty. Otherwise, he would have experienced some of what Sol is talking about except he looks about 60 <laughs> he looks really yeah. haggard yeah mind you like, like a pot I mean, belly and you know, he's yeah, just, there's, there's no there's no moisturizer in this, this world so he's, you're like you're lucky That's and there's a lot of sand yeah, you'll age just, quickly but, but, but it doesn't but help Sol, with the realism yeah. does it but but let me if he let's say he doesn't remember because he, he clearly doesn't remember much about the, the world that was um mm. but Sol does so therefore yeah. Sol is more interesting because Sol has a reference whereas yeah, the thorn is just the same old grind and he's just grinding his way through purgatory and that's why I think Sol, Sol's character development is more moving and more engaging because he has that connection. He's he knows what's been lost, yeah. and Thorn doesn't. And so Thorn is just he's he's just he's got nothing to lose because he's it's already been lost. Yeah, and again, it's um again Sol Sol might be legitimately horrified that Soil and Green is people. You'd sense Thorn would go, oh, is that what they put in it? Oh, I wonder about that. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Because what do you expect? There's no food. Yeah. What are you no, going to eat? Also there's, also, there's no morality. If, if no, if basically, you, you can unhook a crying child from its dead mother yeah. and yeah. throw it at a gnome without another backward glance. Would you care that much that Soylent Green yeah, is people? Yeah, exactly. If you can point to a woman and say bed, and they go to bed, does it? You know, do you really care about what's in a green cracker that doesn't taste like people? I presume, right? Yeah, yeah. When there is nothing else to eat, and there's there's no hope. I mean, to be honest. I'm surprised that there's only old people queuing up for the suicide centre because <laughs> I'd be there. I'd be thinking, what's the point? You get 
you get a nice film, a bit of music, probably, you know, some Karl Orff, um, what is it, Carmina Burana, something like that, you know, and something nice and calming and some orange flying about your face. And then you're dead. Fine. Do that. It sounds nice. Better that than dying in a riot. Yeah, yeah, getting scooped. <laughs> or getting scooped. Yeah, exactly. Go to the suicide centre. So, in fact, they've made it too dystopian. It needs to be a slightly nicer world. It does. More shocked by how, by, more shocked yeah. by, by, by assisted suicide and more shocked by Silent Green being people. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I agree. For me, it would be much more if, effective if it was on the cusp. Yeah. If it was on the cusp of dystopia. You know, like, it, it was almost there you know it was inevitable that it was going to get to where this is yeah but it hadn't quite got there yet yeah and if food, if food was just very boring because i'm saying we, we we've we can't grow crops we just scoop plankton from the sea and turn it into crackers and everyone's like you see these scenes like oh god crackers again crackers again yeah, eating this exactly, beige yeah. porridgey slop and that's all you eat but then soil and green day comes on it's always wonderful yeah. and you always want it, it yeah you want it big night yeah. and the soil and green yeah. version and it keeps them in their factories and all this kind of stuff and maybe that one of the, the things is you know there's like you know there's knife fights break out over the soil and green distribution it's like why yeah. people are fighting people don't fight people there's nothing to fight over anymore and um, but they're fine over soil and green um yeah. and that makes it interesting but yeah one of the things i was thinking of that put me in mind of this is yeah how you um how you create essentially this this you know, this, this dystopian future where everyone's kind of bought into the system because that's another thing is there's there, no one is is saying the system is wrong or rigged even though well, i don't know no we don't hear the voices do we they're not no, there they're not present yeah. Thing, I'm yeah. sure they are. And even though I, d- I don't know if the, the, the gov- New York governor, um, you know, was corrupt. I just assumed he was. Because why, yeah. why, would, why wouldn't why, he be? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't he exactly. have got his position yeah. election and stuff? Yeah. There's nothing like that. So everyone's basically just accepting it. And I was thinking, how then do you create a, a character who's compelling enough to go against yeah. the grey? So, yeah. And uh, that's that's a huge, huge flaw yeah. in the film in my mind, because yeah. it, it renders it, it, renders it um, sterile, mm-hmm. completely sterile. There is no uprising. There's no, you know, given given there's 80 million people here and I, it looks like about 60 to 65 million of them are in grinding poverty. Yeah. There would be uprising and people would know. Yeah. And But I was thinking, I don't know if you read the, the novel Fatherland by Robert Harris. Um, I know it, but I haven't read it. Yeah. It's, again, you, you wonder... Um, about how you know because when i started reading i'm thinking how is you know it's because you follow a detective as you yeah, would and you're thinking yeah. how are they going to make him who is you know this this is a not this is nazi Germany, this is nazi europe you know this is this is embedded now people are bought in there's there's no distance left anymore how are you going to create a character who, yeah, who is who outside would, of that yeah and he did it yeah. quite cleverly he was like a u-boat captain so he was like isolated uh, and shell-shocked and stuff. He, he, he was he was clearly a war hero but he'd seen so much and, and been so isolated mm. he, he was not he hadn't bought into the system. He thought, oh, I can now get this character. He is he is of it, but not yeah. in it. And I the thought, other way to do it would be have someone wake up 60 years <laughs> later or something. You know, that's the other way to yeah, do it, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. They have the amnesia or something. I haven't explained it to them, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a couple of ways to do it. And I thought, again, with Thorne, he's just not interested enough. He's just... It a, is a, what it is. It's, that's yeah. how it is. Yeah. I, 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 agree. I agree completely. It's, it's, a, it's a problem yeah. for the film that it never yeah. gets over. Yeah, and the other thing with with Fatherland again, no spoilers should you come across it. But again, um, the detective discovers something, you know, Soylent Green esque. Um, oh, the people okay. are nineteen people, but the idea is he discovers an awful yeah. truth. Um, and given it's Nazi Germany, you can probably guess what the awful truth is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's discovered midway through the story, and then the rest of the story is how does he get that news out there, or does he yeah. get the news out there, okay. all that kind of stuff. And then that's that becomes interesting. So it's a case of is you know with, was the film placing all its chips on the fact that Soylent Green is people would move the audience so much they'd be happy that that was the end or if that had come in in say 
the mid the mid act or the mid the second act and that was the stinger and then we'd want to know well what does he do with that information yeah exactly. because it's 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 literally like you you've got to you've got to be so impressed with the fact that it's solving these people and ha ha and you and you just you've you got to be so impressed yeah and it isn't that, that impressive that is it that you'll think <laughs> okay I'll, I'll make up the rest myself um yeah. or whereas had they introduced it much <laughs> earlier on mm. um as may, maybe a, a viewer yeah who was astute enough to watch you thinking i know where this is going yeah um you could have then it had the rest of the you enough. It doesn't give you enough, yeah. I don't think. But then so, you could have had, you know, Thorn, you know, kind of run out to the radio beacon with the, the evidence clutched in his hand saying, I've got to broadcast this, people and, must know. Yeah, exactly. And you could you could have started to build in the kind of conspiracy theory and conspiracy theorists into it as well, where you have, you know, you have kind of clandestine organizations stopping yeah. the information coming out and you have underground uh, groups who know and are trying to fight to get the information out. That's a really interesting kind of dichotomy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would work. It would work well yeah, if you had, you know, this this underground saying you can't eat soil and green man. It's this poison, and people yeah, would be ridiculous. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Um, so indeed, re- rewriting it to the movie we'd want it to be. But again, it, it maybe again this was seventy three. Maybe this was a, a forerunner. Maybe you know, it 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 blazed the trail for others to follow. I mean, possibly, possibly in terms of what this what this reveal is. But I mean, I don't think it's as controversial as films that have that were released beforehand so i'm thinking of a film like um night of the living dead yeah. which is from 1968 admittedly it, you know it doesn't have stars in it and it, it didn't have the i mean this was quite low budget but it's even lower budget that still holds up for me absolutely it does yeah. and it holds up because it's it's not really about a night of the living dead yeah it's about um, it's about racial politics and yeah. class politics and authoritarianism. And it uses the horror trope to present that. And, you know, spoiler alert for, for people listening to it, the ending of um, Night of the Living Dead is so shocking. It's so shocking when the hero is killed. You know, the hero who you, you've been rooting through, it's rooting for. It's so unusual to see that, that that is a real shock. But it has to happen because the hero's black. Yeah, and he's killed by the hillbillies. And he's uh, killed by the hillbillies. And he's not—he's well, not, he's yeah, not, yeah. A, he's not the, a zombie. Yeah, the rednecks are going around with their pickup trucks and shotguns, exactly. picking off the zombies. And then and they, they see our hero and think, "Oh, I'll get him as well." That's genuinely shocking. Yeah, isn't it? It's genuinely shocking. Um, and this isn't really. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and so I, you know, there's a difference, I suppose, with with the Night of the Living Dead and Silent Green. Silent Green is aiming for a more commercial audience, right? Fair enough. And Night of the Living Dead really isn't. It really, really isn't. This has got Charlton Heston, and I can't imagine Charlton Heston being in a film like Night of the Living Dead, and so on and so forth. So there's part of that process, but I think it could go further than it does. Well, we'll come to the Charlton Heston bit. And this this is very interesting because, of course, Charlton Heston has, to his credit, another dystopian sci-fi film mm. that ends in a shocking revelation. And the difference with that is the revelation makes sense of everything you've seen, you've before. seen before it. Yeah, exactly. And this time it doesn't. So yeah, the, 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 the world building in Planet of the Apes is so much more effective, isn't it? Yeah, because it, the world. Bu- and, you, and you are yourself asking questions. How did this yeah. happen? What's yeah. going on? I don't get it. I yeah. don't get it. I don't get it. And the revelation again, the Statue of Liberty. And then and you, you get it. it. And you get it. Yeah. And, and that's all you need. You think, oh, yeah. I got it. Wow. Everything makes sense. And it's yeah. it's. It's like a it's like a sucker punch, isn't it? It's a sucker punch, but also one that lifts the veil. Your yeah, the veil is lifted. Yeah. You're punched at the same time. So yeah. you're both yeah. emotionally driven. By Very it. clever. And and you're also like, oh, I get it. I understand yeah. everything. And yeah. my God. And it's yeah. just, it, that's where we're saying. We're Soylent Green. 
even if I didn't know, I think I wouldn't have gone. Oh, I get it now because it's yeah. Because well, I'm, I'm not because you don't you see so little soil and green. I'm not saying well, what is this soil and green? Why are they after? Because yeah, I think you, I I don't account, but I would put money on the fact that the phrase soil and green is not said as often as the phrase furniture. Yeah, true. And yeah, that might, yeah, says a lot about be called where the furniture. Film, yeah, it? where the film's priorities are. I think that tells a lot. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it, it's. I don't think the phrase soil and green is is said very often, and I think you see soil and green maybe twice. Yeah, yeah. In the film, that's it. And you don't see it close up. You don't see it investigate. You don't see people eating it. Yeah. You don't see Charlton Heston eating it. It's just in a bag. You see it, you see people carrying it around in a bag. Yeah, and it looks like Soylent that's Red it. or Soylent Yellow, but it's green. And I am, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so is Soylent Red or Soylent Yellow, are they not people? What are they then? Right, yeah. I mean. <laughs> and I'd have thought people would have been red or yellow rather than green. People aren't normally <laughs> that's green. True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what are they doing to people to make them come out green? And I suppose that, and it's it needs to be more convincing in its world building in that context and the the logic, the logical kind of yeah. um, progression of it. So how, given the lack of security around some of the fact, uh, factories, how the, the information hasn't already got out, yeah. how it's not leaked, I don't know. How it, Why it's so shocking because you, you don't want to be like, Soylent Green is people. And then people go, oh, yeah, I know. Of well, course it is. What did you think thinking, it was? Yeah, this is what I was thinking in terms of, uh, of, of word building. And again, it comes yeah. back to the film you might want to see. But again, if you're looking at creating not not an entire world, but like a culture you can believe in. Again, Paul Verhoeven in Robocop and latterly Starship Troopers. I think Robocop did it best. Yes. All, the, all the little... Because yeah, yeah, when yeah, we good. begin with a, a television commercial for Soylent Red and Soylent Yellow, I thought, we're going to get loads of these. We're going to see posters. Yeah, it's going to be really, That would be great, there's, wouldn't it? There's going to be a sitcom called Mr. Yeah. Soylent Green yeah, and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And all it's, about that kind of cultural... Um, yeah. I can't remember what the word is. That cultural appropriation, that... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That. We're going to be absolutely saturated in soil and yeah. the soylent. Yeah. At the end of the film, you're going to want to eat soil and green. Yeah, but but not like in your face. It could just be you know in the in the background of the television or people yeah. you know, use, using the uh, the catchphrases from the soil and green commercial. All that all that kind of stuff that creates a, a tangible world. There was none of that, which was a shame. But I thought, yeah, I mean, imagine if you know after his revelation, soil and green is people. You then fade and then fade back, saying six months later, and now the billboards are like soil and green is made of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I was exactly. like, yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah. For that would be quite good. Yeah, <laughs> and you know the the hunger problem is solved. Yeah, but people don't care because they just want to eat soil and green. Well, well um, people don't care because they just want to eat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and you and that'd be far more dystopian than it's many people that many people and nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's so much more shocking, isn't it? The fact that people know. Yeah, because again, you know, there's there is numerous examples (laughs) there are numerous examples throughout history where people at the very point at which they are they've they've gone beyond hunger and they need to eat eat people yeah it happens yeah Yeah. and i i do it (laughs) if it was eat someone who was already dead or die i'd eat someone note to (laughs) self bring plenty of biscuits when i next visit james (laughs) buy yourself a few hours Oh dear. There's, there's another thing as well that I, I find interesting. So uh, that that doesn't create the reality of the the, the world, right? So I think we, we kind of led to believe that there's 80 million people in New York, and whilst Thorne has to walk over nearly all of them when he goes into <laughs> his apartment or any apartment actually, they just seem to live on the stairs. There's no one out in the streets at night, and I know that there's a curfew, right? And I understand that there's a curfew, but people wouldn't be listening to that. I mean, when COVID happened, there was a curfew. No one paid any attention to it. People just went out and did what they wanted to do. There's no, 80... Scoops. I think if people would get scooped and eaten... But there's 80 million people. Yeah. There can't be that many scoops. 
I mean, like, there's 80 million people. There'd be people everywhere, literally everywhere, all the time. And there isn't. There's no... There, it's absolutely dead at night. That's true. I never thought of that. Where are they? There's 80... I'm not talking millions. There's 80 million. There's more people that live in New York than live in Germany. Right? <laughs> right? But where are they? They seem to live on stairwells. But that can't be the case. Is it 80 million? Yes, 80 million, yeah. There's 80 million that people... Yeah, he, he says it. He says it, in it? There's 80 million. There's 20 million in Manhattan. The, the, uh, the uh, internet tells me it's 40 million. Oh, well, that's... That's still quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, but that's because it's in dollars, isn't it? It <laughs> <laughs> is. Yeah. I just think there'd be lots and lots yeah, of yeah. uprisings. You know, you'd see them everywhere. And so you don't get that clamminess, that, that point that you can't get away from anyone. Where are they? Where are these people? But I think it, what we're talking about here is this an incomplete world build. Is is yeah? It is. There are ideas yeah. here, but they're not followed through. You, you, I mean, which is disappointing because I don't know what the novel was based like. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's that famous a novel, but you just wonder. You know, it's um, if if you gave these because we've we've given this you know the last ninety minutes of talking and thinking this through. If you think these things through, then you'd come up with these, some of these answers quite well, wouldn't you? You'd uh, you'd you have would. you'd have your answers to this kind of you stuff. You would, yeah, and it doesn't take a lot of thinking to do, does it? It's kind of laziness. I think. I think the point, and I guess the point is, right, that this film isn't really interested in any of that social stuff, really. So it's not trying to build a world. It's trying to tell a detective story from Thorne's point of view. And, uh? (laughs) like, why would you do that when you've got this idea and you've got this concept? Why would you, why would you introduce the concept then forego it completely? Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's a really bad decision to do that. Um, what else would you th- recommend then? <laughs> well, there there are a couple of things. I, I did I did think the opening credits of the film, where you see the montage of the photographs, was brilliant. Yeah, I, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Nothing nothing in the rest of the film lives up to that, unfortunately. <laughs> but that was the that was the best bit in the film. It was brilliant. But I actually I did also like the the the, the quite it was quite poignant when Sol goes to the suicide and i did like edward g robinson's performance in this as well so it there there are it does have some redeeming factors but there are lots of films that do this kind of thing a lot better i think um and a, a couple of them it, and there's lots of different categories of them as well which sonic green could have done any of these in but didn't do any of them so first the first film that made me think about the cusp of dystopia so we talked about the fact that that sonic green is almost too far gone yeah um but there's a, there's a film called Children of Men. Oh yes, yes, directed yes. by Alfonso Cuarón, and it's got Clive Le, Clive Lewis, Owen, Clive and, Owen, Clive Owen, and Julianne Moore, and and um and Chiwetel and yeah Chiwetel and also uh, Michael Caine. You know, and so he's got, got a good cast, and that to me is a, that's really interesting because it shows a society really on the edge. You know, yeah. it's about overpopulation, and this it touches something on. Well, it's not overpopulation, is it? It's the problem. Well, is no one's well being they, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, but but it touches upon things like um, asylum and the refugee crisis. It touches yeah. on poverty and and poor, and it touches on the fact that nobody can have children. So it's got a concept, but it runs with that concept quite well. And it really the, does. It's like it, it it actually takes the idea of what if you just stopped having children, and yeah, and it, it does it well. It's it's one of those like. It's one of those very simple. Like, what if, what if we all ate people crackers? But you, got to, you take that idea and you push <laughs> and you, every. Yeah, you, yeah you, you make that the thing, don't you? The psychology, the econ- yeah, economic yeah. effect, all that kind of stuff is done so well. Yeah, it's and and so that I think is 
you know, it's a different kind of film, but it, it's kind of like an ecological film, I guess, to a certain extent, because the world's gone to pot, etc. And I also quite like the fact that when when the when the girl becomes pregnant, she's not who anyone wants it to be. She's a black refugee, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's really that's a really strong political statement, I think. So that film is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think so. So that's that kind of like ecological concept high sci-fi. I think I quite I, I like um as a so there's a recent remake of judge dread called dread um which is very much worth watching and it's oh, I love set in, yeah oh okay great then it's set in one um apartment building right, or yeah. massive tall building and i think that captures the kind of squalor of overpopulation and what a future society mega might city look one. like mega city one yeah and that's really good right and really silent green new york is mega city one in in this isn't it but dread does it really well and it 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 attaches its story to an action flick and that's yeah. that's why that's really clever the the other film i wanted to watch uh, i wanted to recommend which is a bit more t- there's two which are a bit more horror inflected one is called land of the dead which is by george a romero and it's uh, one of the more recent kind of in the in the night of the kind of films yeah. um, made in the late 90s it's got dennis hopper in it dennis hopper plays um a rich corporate mogul who lives on the top floor of this high rise and um, as you go down the high rise the people get poorer and poorer and poorer until at the bottom of the high rise is the zombie invasion as it were and so that's really quite clever similar concept to snowpiercer um by um boon jong ho who also directed parasite so that's that's another one that does it better than soiling green and there's a final film that i wanted to recommend which is called society which is in effect a film which um shows rich people eating poor people okay um, and that's a it's quite a horrific film but it is very very good um so all of those films do the same kind of things that soylent green is trying to do but they all do it better okay very good. Any, any from your perspective i had a couple from your list as well i think i would add to that um again i mentioned fatherland they did make a movie yes they did didn't they is that what so anthony hopkins no it doesn't rutger howard oh rutger howard how could i get yeah. them too much? <laughs> <laughs> um so there was that. What was the other one I was thinking of? Um, well, you said Starship Troopers, which I think is a good example of the kind yeah. of. I mean, Ro- Robocop, I think, is a better. Robocop's a, yeah, Robocop's, yeah, Robocop's a great dystopian thing, yeah, something on the edge. Um, yeah. What's the thing I was thinking of? But there's a. Um, I forget now. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of that kind of vein of the uh, the dystopian future. I like. Oh, it's not quite. See, dystopian future to me is like you know when everyone's working in a factory in boiler suits and overalls, and it's like you know, follow the machine. Yeah. Robocop is more like. Yeah, that's going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, it is, it's, yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's just yeah. going to happen. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 filthy, it's dirty, it's run down, and it's probably about twenty years down the tracks. Yeah, um, so <laughs> it's like Verhoeven was great at just 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 taking the shine off where we are. Absolutely. And, um, so I think yeah, that's that's a great example. And Starship is, is different because that's yeah, it's a different film, that, but yeah, Robocop was great, like in terms of yeah, it's probably well, then, where we're going to be. I think they are different films, but Children of Men and Robocop are really good examples of taking that concept and really just focusing on the concept and delivering a society that you would have if that concept was real yeah yeah. right and you know as you say all the psychological issues all of the social issues all of the political issues um they're completely different films don't get me wrong and one is very pulpy and another one is quite highfalutin i guess but i think they come to the they have the same effect yeah and if i'm not mistaken again it probably stands out neither one of those films has to heavily rely on future slang 
like Robocop, yeah, like yeah. Robocop has has slangs. Like there's the catchphrase "I'd buy that for a dollar," but that's because it's a popular sitcom and everyone's saying it, and that makes sense. Yeah, but it just so makes sense, doesn't it? They, they don't like I need twenty creds or where's your D's or this yeah. stuff. It's like yeah, it's silly, Green was like, it's the future. People must say silly things. To, yeah, to, to... yeah. It's like they must wear they must wear shiny clothes, yeah, but yeah. they don't have to wear it. Like in Children of Men, there's a scene where uh, Michael Caine's character says, "Pull my finger," and he does yeah. a fart, yeah. and it's like. People would still be doing that, wouldn't they? <laughs> People are going to do that until humanity ends. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's the future doesn't mean you have to have shiny white hair, yeah. you know? <laughs> Unless you want shiny white hair, of course. I think that the time for that has gone beyond, James. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's gone from... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, there we go. Uh, so as as the, uh, the, uh, the strains of Pier Gint wash over us and... Uh... <laughs> We will uh, inspect the uh, the grazing deer for one last time, uh, and we will go into our next break. We will come back, and very exciting. We shall give the scores, but more exciting than that, we shall learn how James will see us out of this fifth season. Oh, we were perfect, Harvey. Then <laughs> we were. Well, it was beautiful. That's the yeah, that's the song I want gets. to go. That's the song I want to go out on. <laughs> the weekend at Crombie's Loop, madness. <laughs> uh, I'd say, uh, can I forego a musical choice and just have? Uh, just think, what's my favourite? What's my favourite weekend at Crombie's podcast? Ooh. Which one? Yeah, I'd go. I'd go I'd think about that. I'd do that. Yeah. I think. Certainly would be Santa Claus the movie. Yeah, but I, I would clearly the choice you'd pick would be uh, Tulip the Hero because that would give you the most life. Oh, yeah, that's like, but if like, I lived in Soil and Greenwald, I want the shortest. I think. The shortest. It's like, <laughs> if, if it's like your last cigarette. Yes, I'll have a really, really big one. It's like give me a two foot cigarette. I want to save every life. There, um, is one, there is one funny thing that Charlton Heston says, or Thorne says, he says, you know, if I had the money, I'd smoke at least two or three of these a day. Yes. <laughs> that's actually quite funny. <laughs> oh, I didn't even get to the grapefruit thing. I thought the grapefruit was funny because oh, yeah. um, because it's the uh, they used um, like they they yeah, it's like they used to kind of have a blokey thing. Oh, look at that! Yeah. Then they played it into you've never seen a grapefruit, have you? It's like, like no. That was that was quite a nice potential world building. There wasn't enough yeah. of that. Yeah, there's it it it's not completely without some interest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really damning with faint praise. Anyway, I may, I may tag this on, I may not. It's, uh, <laughs> anyway, would you like to lead us back in? Yeah. Welcome back, dear listener. It's the part of the podcast everybody looks for. That's right. It's nearly the end. But before we get to the end, we've got some scores to give away, haven't we? we oh, have. indeed. And as tradition befits, Hugh, I think you go first. I do go first. And um, I say we've, we've gone through it, and I clearly haven't been overwhelmingly positive about it. I think for its place in kind of sci-fi canon uh, it, it it can't be a one and it it wasn't completely it was, it was fairly obnoxious in terms of its morality and it, it, it chose to put emphasis on things and in terms of its general storytelling it wasn't a, a barnstormer i think it's probably going to be a two it was it was okay it it wasn't deeply unpleasant to watch it um but it what it, it won't stick with me um so yeah it's a and, and i wasn't again i wasn't shocked or moved by the last statement that soil and green is in fact people so there we are it's a two very good, very good. You, um, I would also give this a two. Um, I, when I see, I, oddly, when I'd watched this before, um, I, I couldn't remember much about it other than the actual reveal, and that probably says a lot about the film. I think it's just a bit boring, <laughs> and it, it it misses what is. 
I wouldn't even say it's a fantastic concept. I just think it needs to, it, it just needs to go for it a bit more. I think it just needs to really go for it, and it doesn't. It it has um, it has Edward G. Robinson doing a nice turn, um, and it has a very very strong opening credit sequence, <laughs> um, and you know, it, and as you say, it has a place in um, kind of cultural memes, I suppose. So I'm going to give it a two. Yeah. It's a, a grand total of four out of ten disembodied crumbie heads. They will be shuffled along the conveyor belt and quickly processed into <laughs> delicious green crackers, as with everything else, as all the dead tissues uh, as well. I suppose, uh, yeah. What would a disembodied crumbie head taste like? Crumbie sausage. <laughs> no, 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 no question about it. You're right. You're right, it would be sausage, wouldn't it? I've just had an incredible feeling of deja vu. A crumbie sausage. This is your <laughs> thing. I don't know if it is, but it would be a crumbly sausage, wouldn't it? You Google, Google crumbly sausage is a real thing. Did you know this before you said it would, be, it would taste like a sausage? Of course I did. Crumbly sausage, I said. A crumbly sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that there's a crumbly coat. If can, you don't know, send me to Google to, to, to damn myself, but crumbly sausages, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crumbly oh sausages. <laughs> so I've just googled crumbly sausages, and you'll never guess what the third entry is. I'm not even going to say. I can't even say. But my goodness. What is it, dear, dear listener? Do not Google crumbly sausages. Oh no! Hang on. I've googled. I've googled it. What should I do? And what Google should it. I do? Well, I can't ungoogle it. This, this, is, this, this podcast has gone off the rails. Quick, tell us what we're going to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tell us what we're watching. Tell us. What we're... <laughs> oh, oh no! Help us. Get us How out of this. You... Yeah, do not Google crumbly sausage. Um, <laughs> do not Google crumbly sausage, people. Do not. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, um, there's a dystopia I hadn't expected to find. Yeah, back back in work though. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey! Right, <clears throat> moving on, moving on. Uh, dear listener, yeah. So the film for the 12th episode of Weekend at Crombies, Volume 5, is going to be the film Support the Girls. Support the Girls. Wow. Mm. I, know, I know nothing about this, but uh, there we go. So that'll see us into Christmas. Hopefully it's a festive treat. And it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot that Christmas was the next In month, December. So just tr- you forgot <laughs> that Christmas was in December. Yeah, no, look, okay. Says the person that chose Santa Claus the movie in January. I, well, I did that because I'd seen Santa Claus movie over Christmas <laughs> and wanted someone to discuss it with. And from that, five years later, here we are. Yeah, exactly. Here we are watching a non-Christmas film in December. Here we go. So with that, uh, we shall uh, we shall leave you, dear listener, to uh, to choose a cracker of your choice, be it red, yellow or possibly green. We shan't judge um, and and see you through what I hope will be a very happy and a very healthy weekend at Crombies. Good evening, all. Oh, I've noted that you've put the recording button on. That's good. Oh, good. Before we go anything, yeah. I'm a steez. <laughs> oh, crikey. I thought it was me that had come. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, no. Very good. Sorry, I, I didn't want to scare our listeners by... by... <laughs> <laughs>